Welcome to the Home Project Podcast, where we talk about cultivating a thriving home and developing meaningful relationships. I'm Kelsey Harris, a therapist in training. And I'm Alicia Anderson, an intentional homemaker, helping women feel confident and authentic home life. This is where everyone has a seat at the table. Welcome back to the Home Project Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the importance of gathering. Oxford research has actually revealed that the more often that people eat with others, the more likely they are to feel happy and satisfied with their lives. So I find this interesting because even from a psychological standpoint, there's so much to gain from eating a meal with other people. And gathering around a table has been linked to lower levels of stress and anxiety even. So today, my mom, Alicia, is going to talk about her experience and her passion for gathering people together. I would say we've definitely gathered around the table a lot in your lifetime, for sure, and even before you were born. Um, It's something I have a heart and passion for. Um, Gathering brings people together, and we do it for a variety of reasons. Um, Maybe it's a birthday party or a school event or a PTA Mm -hmm. meeting, or maybe it's a church service or a small group or a wedding. Um, So many different reasons that bring people together. So many of us have hosted or been a part of. There are so many things that even as a society, we put pressure on one another for, and we're going to talk about that today, and just the difference between a category and the reason or the form and function of a gathering. Um, We go to a baby shower, and we expect it to be a certain way because that's the way that it's always been done. Versus just why and the purpose of gathering. Um, Gathering is an art that is found in the connection of bringing people together. And if there is nothing else today that you walk away from, I think this is a really important point that the heart behind gathering is so that we can build connection with one another. And I'm going to share some of my story because that hasn't always been at the forefront of the reasons why we have gathered. I actually wrote a book called The Lost Art of Hospitality. Um, It's available on Amazon. And the heart behind this book was really as Kelsey was growing up, um, a lot of her teen friends would come over and we would find ourselves standing in the kitchen chatting and Mm -hmm. they would be mesmerized by just what in my mind was maybe the basics of life cooking in the kitchen or, well, how do you know how to have people over? And so we would have these conversations and I began to realize that not everyone has um, learned those things in their home or even it has been an important priority. And so I began this journey of just kind of writing the practical things down. So it's definitely more of a practically based book. Mm-hmm. Um, it has magazine style with a lot of pictures and how to host. It and- is the best. <laughs> I'm going to interject. It's yes. like not only is it a great coffee table book because it looks so pretty, it's also such a great resource for young adult women, newly married women, yeah. or just like women that aren't used to being the host. Yeah. So that is available. Um But I do want to ask you as our listener today, a very important question. Do you have a time where you've been gathered around the table that you can think back and remember the memory of that and the impact that it had on you? What made it meaningful to you? Kels, 
I'm going to ask you the same question. Mm. What is what is a memory of you that you have around the table where it it carried a special meaning? Hmm. I have so many memories around the various tables that we've had. Um, I think one of the coolest memories for me was I think you had the worship team over. This is in Florida. Mm -hmm. And I think we did it Nacho Libre themed where you did like parchment paper or not parchment. Like what is it? Butcher paper. The brown paper paper on the the table and didn't you like wrote funny Nacho Libre quotes and we like put the food right on the paper. Is that what we did? We put yellow like a nacho thing. Right. Yep. Yeah, so that was just fun, like, and, like, a little fun memory like that, which wasn't super fancy now, I would say, looking back at it, but those times, or really just any time that we had people over, because I think you did a good job always including us, too, and it was always fun just to, like, be a part of conversation, and I remember being like, this is what life is, like, just being around a table. If that wasn't happening, I was like, we're doing what is something's weird like where are the people why are we not sitting at the table I think in that season of life too we learn to do community well and to do a lot of you know meals as family yeah um, people that we called family even though they weren't blood family yeah um I don't know if you remember this about that night but we had written the quotes on there and then we had encouraged everyone to try to use the quotes in their conversation throughout oh, the night. I don't remember that. Um, I don't know that we had a contest, but it was definitely something that we were like, Ooh, if you can like, did I not win? I'm you should, you probably should. I'm have. so good at quoting natural leave right now, but maybe I wasn't, I was young. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a memory that I'm going to share from when I was in college. Um, we lived in a, house that was a dorm style house and there was four of us girls that lived there and we were super close and just had a very special connection between us all and it's like when you get in a situation where you're like these people get me they like we don't have to work hard to build connection or friendship or have conversation and um, halfway through this the year um, at the semester break we were told that someone else was going to be moving in the dorm with us and we were really kind of heartbroken, to be honest, <laughs> not because we didn't want to include someone else, but because we knew it would change the synergy of the house. And it was an older girl, super nice, just again, a different a different circum- vibe. Yeah. <laughs> so we were chatting and we were like, we feel like we want to kind of celebrate this like season that we've had of the four of us. So we came up with this thing called the Blue Ado Dinner. And... um. I think back then we had blue dishes and a blue table, like everything was, and I think that's why we called it the blue ado. But also we were feeling a bit sad that we were gonna, so we kind of had to play on that as well. Um, And that night we sat around the table, we laughed, we cried, we prayed for one another. We kind of just spoke into each other's lives. And um, at the end of the night, I think we all realized, wow, something really special has happened here. Um, And, while it had a purpose, it actually went way deeper than I think we had intended. And so that began a journey of something that we did year after year for a few years while we were in college. And then we actually did a couple of them after that, once we had all um, left school and gotten married. Um, We've talked about it many times since then, and we haven't been able to just with all of our schedules. We're spread out all over the country. And at one point we were in another country. Um, But that dinner, like, is so significant in my mind because it was a place where we forged 
friendship. We brought healing to each other's hearts. We prayed for one another, and um, it's just one that will probably for always be always be etched in my mind as kind of a very significant time around the table. I also want to just say, whenever we're talking about being around the table, it doesn't have to be a physical table. Yeah. We're referring to just gathering with one another. So maybe that looks like sitting in your living room, having coffee with a friend or a picnic in the park, or um, it can even be coffee at a restaurant. Like we're just talking about really that art of gathering with yeah. one another. Um, in a book I've been reading called The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. She defines gathering as the conscious gathering of three or more people together for a purpose with a beginning, middle, and end. Gathering involves sharing ideas, emotions, as we've talked about, experiences. It creates the sense of community and really the sense of belonging that we all were created for. Yeah, And that really brings me to this point. The most important and significant place that we see people gather is in the Bible. And we want to talk about that because I think, one, we're all commissioned to love one another, and God even encourages us to gather around the table. And I want to read this scripture to you. It's in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 in the Passion Translation. It says, discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and to urge each other onward as we participate the day dawning. So that's one of many scriptures where God says, I want you to gather together, where the Bible encourages us to do this. In the Bible, the table was always a place of presence. It's where God invited others in around the table, a place where peace, love, connection, and reconciliation happened. And so God gives us this opportunity to do the same thing with our friendships and our connections and people in our lives. Yeah, I think that's that's so profound. Just I mean, I know we're we're including metaphors a little bit when we talk about the table, but also when you look at the times that Jesus was around a physical table with people in the Bible, like you said, that's just such a place of presence. And I think when I think to people I've hosted over at my own house, just having the same intentions that you have, obviously like being raised by you. And I notice such a difference when I am not more elaborate, but more purposeful mm. with even, hey, Jordan, like my husband, like, let's pray really quick before they get here, just like and set the atmosphere. Or I like to put worship on in the background, just like to invite him into, even if it's like a fun thing. Like, I think sometimes we feel like it has to be really serious with the Lord, yeah. but just really inviting him into every moment that we share with other people is like super impactful. I think he's fun and he wants us to have yeah, fun as well. Yeah, he is fun. You know, really I think fun. he enjoys the gatherings as much as we do and being there with us. When you are ready to gather, I think it's important to ask some general questions in order to determine the purpose of why you want to gather. Um, what attracts you to the people in your community and in your friend circle? What are the things that you guys have in common 
what is the why? Like, why do you want to gather? What is the purpose? These things will help you define the reason for why you gather. We truly do need one another. Like, God created us that way. We need community. And when we're not in community, we, the enemy can help, we can feel isolated and we can honestly um, lose the sense of belonging that I believe is really part of our innate nature and who we're made in the image of Christ to belong. Yeah. So we gather many times to honor one another, to celebrate, to acknowledge. Um, we gather to build together, you know, create that sense of community, to welcome, to say goodbye. No matter what it is that we are gathering for, it's more than an inspiring idea. It's a tool to build relationship. And I think it's important to always have that at the forefront of your mind. I want to talk very briefly on the difference between a category versus the purpose. And I think sometimes we can define the purpose mistakenly as the category. Mm. By this, I mean it can be a birthday party that we're hosting the category is a birthday party, but that is not the purpose of yeah. the party. What is the purpose? Oh, that's good. <laughs> the purpose is to celebrate and to honor the person who we have are celebrating their yeah. birthday. Um, but how we do that can be purposeful. Um, and this is also like where it comes down to when I was talking earlier about how sometimes society, we have this thing where we like, oh, well, this is how we always do a baby shower. We play, you know. <laughs> the ba- find the, the babies in the punch. Yeah, or, <laughs> you know, smell is. the diaper with the Ugh. candy bar in it and tell us which candy bar. Like, just these dumb games. And, like, you know, but I, I get it. You're trying to have fun. But when we walk away at the end of the day, say from the baby shower, has the mom been encouraged? Has she been championed? Has she been like prayed for? Like what, what actually matters? What is the purpose? And I think sometimes we get so caught into, well, this is how we always do it. Or this is what has to be at a baby shower. I'm not knocking those things. Like I have been the host and done those things, but I think really valuing the purpose over the category and the, the form and function is really important to keep in mind. I have been guilty of this. I want to talk about the form and function is literally the things that we do to make the gathering happen. So for me, for years, I felt like I had to make everything from scratch or I felt like I had to um, set an elaborate table. And I still love this. I love setting the table, making it feel fancy, putting the candles out, doing a tablescape. But the challenge that I had to give to myself and I want to give to anyone else that may be like this is that is not the purpose of the gathering. Mm -hmm. That is not the heart of the gathering. While it does help aid in the atmosphere of the gathering, when that becomes priority over the purpose of gathering and the, the heart to connect you can miss out. And for years, that was my purpose. And on it, to be really vulnerably honest, like it brought me validation. It brought me, I say in quotes, yeah. purpose to feel like, oh, wow, I did something really special for these people or I accomplished this. But really at the end of the night, our guests would leave and I had this like kind of deep inner longing and pain because I feel like I didn't actually connect with our guests in yeah. a way that my heart desired but I didn't know how to. And so I felt 
um, I'd failed myself, but I couldn't put that in words back then. I just would, it was like this high and then this low that I would experience like, wow, this was fun and amazing. And everyone like praised me so much and had a great time. And yet I hadn't connected with my friends at a deep level. So there was that longing and like, ugh. Would you say that this is kind of reminding me of like Mary versus Martha in the Bible where (laughs) you would work so hard to do all these things with a good initial intention of, you know, wanting to serve. And, but either you would be so busy during the night that it would hinder you from that connection or it would just exhaust you that then you were missing that Mary encounter of just sitting with people and finding the Jesus in them. 100%. And I missed out. And then, I did have good friends, but I think I missed out on some deeper conversations and some vulnerability that was really there that I chose not to engage in because I was more about creating this perfect experience. And again, not that those things are bad, but they became the thing instead of a part of the journey. And this is where I get to where fuss over the people, not the function and the form. Mm. You will never go wrong when you make a fuss over the people more than you do over the things. And I have learned now, um, after doing this for many years, there are times where that is appropriate. And I set out a beautiful tablescape and I, you know, want it to look nice. And I want them to come into this environment that feels like, wow, like this is great. Then there are other times where I just don't, don't worry about it. Um, we had an experience recently, Kelsey and I, um, they, have become friends with our neighbors next door to us. They're closer to their age and they just, our neighbors just had a baby um, a few months back. And so one night I said, Hey, let's invite Kelsey and Jordan over and we'll invite our neighbors over and we can kind of just all hang out. Usually in the past, anytime it was someone's first time at my house, I'm like, Oh, I'm pulling out all the stuff. Yes. Top tier. Top tier. And it really, again, I'm being very vulnerable in this podcast today it was more about me than it was about them wanting wanting validation for myself but I'm in a season where I don't need that anymore and I the Lord has taught me so much about myself even just being confident in who I am and not needing that validation from our neighbors or other people um and so Kelsey and I were talking and I was like I feel like we should keep this super simple like we did Jordan grilled something I think he did um yeah I don't I think he might have done brisket or Tri-tip or Tri-tip, something. yeah. Anyway, we just, we kept it really simple. Made some potatoes, whatever, salad. Um, but we pulled out paper plates, which I don't do very often. Um, that's just not something we do in our house. Um, Jamie grew up in a culture in England where they don't really use paper plates. And so yeah. it's kind of a little frowned upon. upon. <laughs> and also it's not eco-friendly. But in this case, we did pull out the paper plates. And The neighbors came over and really Kelsey and I said, this night is about us giving them a break. Yeah. uh, Hanging on to their baby, playing with their son, just enjoying like that. For us, we had fun. It gave them a break not to hold their son. And we had so much fun. Like even I think if I remember right, she commented about just like the fact that it was simple and we didn't, you know. Yeah. Like I think we just worked not worked hard but like we were intentional to create a relaxing space yeah because even thinking through 
Okay, now that we have been around people that have babies, if there's fancy stuff on the table, the baby is going to reach for it, yeah. <laughs> like go for it. It just creates and, stress. Yeah, and then that like stresses out the mom trying to be like, oh, you know, where like I, I feel like she had such a chance just to relax and we were like, yeah, we'll hold the baby. Like, you don't, don't worry about anything, you know. I think that was like, a good intention. Yeah. We should gather people out of love and not out of obligation. And again, I think that points back to the purpose of why we gather and why it's important to have a purpose in mind. I think it's great as well to communicate. So say you're going to host a gathering, it's really good to be able to communicate, communicate with your guest ahead of time what kind of event or what kind of gathering you're having. Yes. So they know. So like, hey, we'd love to have you for dinner. I'm going to keep it super chill tonight. Come in like, your pajamas. Yeah. Like- <laughs> that tells them right away. I can come and be myself. Or um, I heard a story Priya shared, um, Parker, the lady that wrote the book, The Art of Gathering, about um, a group of moms, how a mom basically had gone to a friend's house and she served her a peanut butter jelly sandwich and some carrots on a plate. <laughs> and the mom just sat there and cried because she realized, like, this is just what I needed. I needed yeah. to come and feel like, yep, this is exactly how I feel too. Like this is the best I can do is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I think when we are sensitive to our guests and what they need, but also we can communicate, hey, we're going to have a dinner for worn out moms, but it's going to be come in your pajamas you or, are. you know, like yeah. bring your favorite kid snack, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. We're all eating goldfish and that's it. Yeah. Um, it tells them and it gives them the opportunity to choose to be a part or not. Or like, say, I'm going to have a fancy dinner. Like, hey, we're going to have a, a dinner party. We're going to like set a really nice table. We'd love for you to just like dress up a little bit so we can just set, have fun celebrating. Yeah. Then they know. They come. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've been invited to a different g- events or gathering. And you're like, I don't know what the appropriate dress is. I don't know like what's happening. Yes, and I'm always stressed out. Yeah. Like, what, what do I wear? What are other people going to wear? You don't want to be under or overdressed. Yeah. And it's it's hard when you don't know because it, before you even get there, you're on edge. And you're like, okay, I don't really know what's going to happen. So, Or we've done like a murder mystery dinner where we're like dressed in character. Like, yeah. come ready to have fun. Come ready to pretend like you're somebody you're not. And again, it's setting the bar for people to know why why they're coming. What is the purpose? This the purpose of this murder mystery dinner night is to just have fun yeah. together and Plain laugh. Fun, <laughs> yeah. Like people know. Okay, I can let my hair down. I can enjoy. Um, intimacy in a gathering is often built through storytelling and sharing rather than opinion opinions and like debating. So I think it's really important too when you do gather to. Um, be willing to be vulnerable, be willing to share parts of your story and your journey. Because honestly, when we're sitting around a table, whether we recognize it or not, we're often looking for people to give us social permission to be ourselves, whether indirectly or through the way that they communicate. Um, Kels, I want you to share the story of two birthdays that you had and how differently they were and why. Okay. So for my 16th birthday, I don't even remember it. (laughs) We were talking about this. Excuse me. We were talking about it. um, The other day. Yeah. Like you're like, Oh, do you remember this whole elaborate dinner I did for your 16th? And I just looked at her like, um, 
Please don't be offended, but I literally cannot picture one single thing about that birthday. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to interject here. Yeah. Like I had decorated to the hilt. We had a above ground pool at the time with this big wood deck and we had done this long table, had hundreds of candles down the center. I'd hung um, banners across the table and we had done like a candlelight dinner at night. So, but yeah. it was definitely all about I, the form and function. Yeah. And I don't, I don't. I really don't remember, and I feel bad about it, but I don't remember. And then we were just talking about the difference between that and my, I think, 21st birthday, yeah. um, which was here in Tennessee. And that was like, I don't remember what food we had. I don't really remember anything except for it was like all the people that I love the most around the table. And I remember just like weeping. And um, I think it was Jordan, my husband, that kind of shared what characteristics and qualities he loved about me and then invited other people to do the same and that was really special and I remember just like feeling so loved and so touched yeah in that moment too Jordan by him sharing and then he at the end of him sharing already had I think just him sharing had all of us weeping um, but then he basically turned to everyone at the table and so kindly just invited everyone else to share their heart and their love towards you. And in that moment, he really gave permission for everyone at the table to be vulnerable, to be honest, and to share their heart. And it was a very holy moment yeah. um, because people had things they wanted to share with you. And like I think by the end of the night, we were all crying and weeping. And um, not it, it was about sharing and celebrating you, but I think it became about a deeper thing of just the willingness to be vulnerable with one another. Yeah, I think what you're saying about social permission is so important because everyone, I think, is longing that deep connection and everyone's ready for it. It just takes one, like, brave person yeah. to be like, hey, guys, let's actually talk about this. Let's share this. Don't ever underestimate the power of giving people permission to interact socially around the table. And that can look different. That can look you starting by sharing a story yourself or just asking a question that opens up. Um, and that really kind of takes me into part of the role as the host. The intentionality that we put into the structure, most of our guests will never see. And some of that might be thinking about, you know, what am I serving? How do I put my guests at ease? Or what are some questions that I can ask at the table that would open up conversation? Um, we have little different places. There's places in my in the back of my book that are questions you can ask. There's places you can find online. You don't have to make all of the questions up. There are so many different resources out there for places where you can even get questions that are great to ask your guests to open up conversation. Um, but I think that's important to think about those things ahead of time. Your job as the host is to help connect your guests together. So say you have a couple different friend groups who don't know each other well. You have that opportunity to help them connect and build new friendships together. Um, it's our job to like keep the guests from experiencing boredom. And by that, I mean, like, say everyone's sitting at the table and no one has anything to say. And it's like that awkward, awkward, <laughs> the awkward pause. And you're all just like, what do we say? What do we say? Everyone's planning their exits in their exactly. head. Exactly. <laughs> um, have a question for that moment in your, in your head of what you could ask, you know, to kind of re-engage conversation. Um, or maybe everyone's getting lost on their phones. You know, this is such a, thing uh, yeah. I'm guilty of it as well like you know you 
go to a restaurant and you look around at tables and it's more often than not, more people are on their phone than they are engaged in conversation. Um, and not to be rude to your guests, but like, you know, like, hey, like, I would love if we could do our best tonight to like, just be present with each other. Like, just kind of yeah, creating that could tone. You, yeah, could you even set that at the beginning? Yeah. Or do like a joke. Hey, I'm going to leave my phone over here on this table, like in a different yeah. room. You're welcome to do that yeah. so that we can be present. Invite them to, Not to like, join you. Not like, this yeah. is phone jail. You must yeah. put your phone in here. Like, don't be weird about it. <laughs> don't be standing at the door don't of the basket. Don't freak people out. I mean, like, I know some people do that. You're not kidnapping them. You know what I mean? But <laughs> And I get it. Like, sometimes people need to have their phone. Their kids are at home or whatever. But yeah. it's really, we can indirectly create a lot of, send a lot of messages. I think we talked about yeah, this we last, last week, week on the Connection mm-hmm. podcast about just even putting our phone out on the table versus just leaving it in our yeah. purse or whatever. Your nonverbal cues. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, thinking about those things ahead of time before your guests arrive is really important. Um, when we gather, a successful gathering is by how we intentionally weave the details of that together, how we've thought about the conversations we want to have, how we've prepared ahead of time with the details, whether it is an elaborate dinner or whether it's just a simple throwing some cheese and crackers on a plate or um, just having a cup of coffee with some cookies with a friend. Your skill to host is about the connections that you build and how you bring people together, not by the meals you cook or the things you do. And it also frees us up if if you're not that person who can cook a meal from scratch or you don't have the resources to set a table fancy you you can still gather anyone can really be a host and you might be saying oh i'm such an introvert i don't think i can do that you know some of the best hosts are introverts you yeah. don't have to be an extrovert but you do have to choose to be intentional and be willing to put yourself out there and i promise you the risk is worth it. I'm one of those people. I'm a ambervert. Is that what you say? Where I, I don't know where I'm a little bit of both, like in small numbers, I can be an extrovert, mm-hmm. but don't put me in a room full of people by, by <laughs> myself that I will freeze up a little bit. I'm working on it, but also I can be very much introverted. So I've had to choose how to, um, put myself out there in those kinds of things but really at the heart of all, the reason why we gather is to be able to build connection with those we love. The art of gathering is found in the connection created between people. Don't let the meeting be held just through the form and function, but through how we invest in our guest. The role of the host is to foster meaningful connections and the bringing together of people for a common goal. You, my friend, have something to bring to the table that everyone else needs. What does it look like for you in this season? Maybe it's inviting your friends for a cup of coffee. Maybe it's a book club. Maybe it's just having a picnic in the park. Wherever you're at, whatever you can do, that is enough. So I want to encourage you not to shy away from the opportunity to connect on a deeper level with those you care by gathering around the table. Wow. So, so good. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this again just to get all of the great wisdom that you just shared. Um, If you're listening and you have enjoyed today's episode and you want to hear more, you can go look at our previous two episodes if you haven't listened to those already. 
Um, make sure you follow the podcast to stay up to date. Next week, we will be talking about loving yourself well and how to embrace the love of Jesus and why you need to do both. I'm excited about that one too because we go into love month, you know, talk about loving yourself. Um, also, you can sign up for our email list, which was also inviting you to the community. Go to the um, thehomeproject.co, put your email in there, and then you'll be a part of the community and be able to stay up to date with what's going on. You can also follow us on Instagram at thehomeproject.co for some great content. Hang out with us on the stories. Um, We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we can't wait to see you next week.